Today's daf is daf Lamas Beis. Seem to Masech to Megillah. Tomorrow we begin Masech to Moikotten. Okay, we're up to the very top of the page, and here the Gemara gives us some laws about the Torah itself, reading the Torah, and how we present ourselves, and how you're supposed to hold on to the Torah, and so on. We learned. So Paiseach, you unfurl the the Torah, you open up the Torah, you look as to where you are going to read. Everyone holding up to look at where you start. Some people have a minute, you look where you start the Aliyah and where you complete the Aliyah. Then Goyal, you roll up the Torah, and then you make a bracha. Then then you open the Torah up, you unfurl the Torah, and you begin reading. Which, in fact, is what we do today. Rabbi Yehuda says, you open the Torah, you look at the Aliyah, and you don't have to close it. And you can make the bracha. And the Kaide, and you read. And we'll come back to that in a minute. My time with Rame, what's Rame is father? Kid Ula like Ula said, Amar Ula, why do we say that the one who reads the Torah shouldn't in any way give any support to the person who's translating it? The person translates be on his own solo without the assistance of the Balkaida. Because people, not everyone used to get an Aliyah, only people knew how to read in those days. So therefore, people shouldn't be under the misapprehension that the Targum itself is written in the Torah, the Al-Qaeda is reading it from the Torah. And not everybody goes and gets an Elias, and everybody will know. Here too, when it comes to Brachas, we don't people to assume that the Brachas are written in the Torah, so therefore, close the Torah before you make the Brachas. Same logic. That's what made. Rabbi Yehuda says, Targum equalimeter. Targum, you talk and make a mistake. The target written the Tata because Targum is translating the words of Tata. Maybe it's recorded the Tata. Of a brachas lekalimeter. Brachas, nobody's going to make that mistake that the brachas are recorded in the Tata. So, yet, how come today our meaning is that we roll up a Tata? So, the way Tasis and others learn is that, or other Shine learn is, it's not of you to saying that you don't. Of you to saying it that Bidiyevit, if you left the Torah open, is good enough. But everyone is made of the is better to roll up the safe Torah and close it. And um, because after cover of the Torah, you make the brachas, then you open it up. Now, interesting, Yoshiba Salvechi from YU, he paskins, I think Pliny Arab, if I remember correctly, I saw it. He paskins that when you make the bracha, you have to hold on the, um, the Amud. And he says that throughout the entire aliyah, you have to hold on to the Amud. Because otherwise, there's no connection between you and the Tadi, not even yet to your aliyah. And they were using that to talk about when they last year made the move during COVID, that you're not allowed to have to be a mile away from a Sefer Tadi, you're not allowed to touch a Sefer Tadi, whether you're allowed to make a bracha. Because Yeshua said that's part of the mitzvah. The bracha is the connection between you and the Tadi. Is actually holding on to the way it's high. Brings the right in the realm of Lushan and so on. Anyway, let's continue. Um Abzeh said, Omar Ab Master. The halacha is like Rabbi Huda, Paiseach, Varoya, Umivarach, Vakaja. You open it up, you look, and you make a bracha, and you read the lame of why we just say halacha Rabbi Huda, like the same question we had yesterday, and we answer the same answer. Should Afkhalu, other people swap the names around? He didn't want anyone to make any mistakes. So he clearly spelled out what the halach is. Again, we're saying that the halach is b'li'evit. That b'li'evit, he goes, is good enough. Amr Abzeh, Abzeh said, Amr Abzeh, 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 Amr Ab
Haluchais. He said in the master that Luchais and Bimas ain't behemish Kedusha. There's no Kedusha. Rashi says, um, interesting. You know, you're very seldom find Rashi saying this because the only one that opened up the, the Gemara to the whole world was Rashi. Rashi says, I don't know what it is. And um, and he says, other people say that this is something made for others for him that are not written like a safer tater. Um, but the Rabbein Chanal learns over here that Tesha brings the name of the Aruch, that Luchas means the, the parts of the Sefer Torah, not the Sefer Torah itself, but it means the margin, the top of the page between, and if it got cut off from a Sefer Torah, it doesn't really have uh, the same Kedusha as the Sefer Torah itself. Yeah, others say it means that the place they used to dedicate, a place where they used to put the Torah on, you know, after the, after the reading. And Luchas Krim Midei Chaims. So it says over here, <clears throat> there's no Kedusha. They don't have the Kedusha, if it's the part they used to play the Sefer Tater, but she also writes, they don't have the Kedusha of a Sefer Tater, but they have the Kedusha of a Besa Knesset, which means with the money, you can only buy something which is even holier. If somebody, if you're going to roll up a Sefer you have to make sure, and not everybody is aware of this. You have to make sure that when you roll up the Sefer Torah, that right in the middle there should be the seam. It should be on the seam. Why should it be on the seam? So um, the reef says the reason is so that it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't uh, rip. If you if you tighten it and it's not on the seam, it could rip. And and Raja says because there it's easier to actually make it tighter. Um, a goyil sefer teider. If somebody rolls up a sefer teider, many different shatim that are showing him how to understand this. Rashi learns you're rolling, let's say, from one part of the teider to another part of teider on your own, and there's nobody there to help you. So very odd case because there are people in the shul, and yet nobody's there bothering to help you. So what do you do? You, how do you roll up on your own? You have to sit down and place it on your on your thigh, and um, and you're rolling it. So then. Um, that you should roll, in other words, you have one, your left side, let's say, is closer to you, and the right side is further from you, roll from the outside, the outside one, um, towards, you know, roll the outside, um, bring it towards yourself, and you keep on doing that. That's how you roll the safer tape if you want to forward it to another spot. Because if you're going to roll from the inside going out, you can drop chas shalom the outside one and fall down. So that's how Rashi Lind is talking about it here. <clears throat> one of the shame of the chat is that when you when you uh, put the strap, uh, I'll tell you a second, and when you finish doing the glue and now you want to uh, tighten it, is then then you, once you've already finished rolling up, you tighten it, use the inside one, let's say left hand there, and move it towards the outside. And don't um, close it from the outside, you're know, stretching hands out to the outside and trying closing it because now you, you're, you're, this is like they said, trade at the end of the trade, and now you're blocking the words. And part of the hackable is that everyone should be able to see the words. So when you're at the end trying to tighten the trader, you, you use your, your left hand to tighten and not move, um, and not take your left hand to try to go to the right side to tighten because then you're blocking the words and everyone, and you're obstructing the view of the people. 
And people say, everyone has to be able to see the words of the Torah. So other Limpshat here, we're talking about the Gartel around the Sefer Torah. That when you, you tie the Gartel around the Sefer Torah, you should um, not put it on the back of the Sefer Torah, but you should put it on the front of the Sefer Torah. So that, uh, because otherwise, when you put it on the beam later to open, the, to read the Torah, you might have to put the Sefer Torah on its face in order to be able to untie the knot. And that's not respectful. If 10 people read the Torah, what do you mean 10 people read the Torah? There's only seven people that get alias in the Torah, not 10, but you need 10 for a minion. So I said, because you need 10 for a minion, so we refer to it as but this can be used as a proof. We once discussed based on a thesis in, in, in Sukkot, based over there, the Alexandria, whether there's a chiv for every person to hear the Torah and when this Kriya is taking place in Shul, it's as if every person is reading the Torah, or is a chiv on the Shul. Every minion has to have a Kriya Seva Torah, but it's not, it's not devolved to each individual. By saying that Asada Shekoru Betayda sounds like each one is as if they read the Torah because everyone has to read the Torah, and when somebody gets an aliyah, he's being mighty, everyone else is Shul. That's what the expression here. So it's korubitated, sounds like. Hagodl, <clears throat> he says, who should do the gulula? Hagodl shebehem goilu seifetayda. It is the most chashiva, is the most chashiva position. So the godl is the one who does gulula. And it sounds from the Gemara here that somebody who had an aliyah is the one, and dafke the godl of them should be the one who should be getting gulula or, or um, gulula. And the one who's goyle takes a schar for everybody. Because that is uh, the choshva thing, giving cover to the Sefer Teter. Teter, the meaning is the Shalar, where he says that's not the person on Ali, it could be anybody. And it, it, in those, the Shalar, where he says that today I make a little bit different. But in those days, Galil and Hagba were one and the same person. The person that Hagba is one of the Galil. Today we have two different people doing it. And there's a discussion. So who is the one when the Gemara says, Goyle should be him, Goyle Sefer Teter? Who is the one that we're talking about? And Dafka today, the person that gets Hagva, okay, but the person that gets Gulu could be a child under Bar Mitzvah. Right? We give them Gulu. And it's like God was Ram So interesting, the meaning of Lubavitch is that the person who does Hagba also then puts the Sefatera on the Bima and rolls it and sits down. So, and the reason for that is because the Hagba is the one that does the Galila. Rolling the Taita is the Galila. Not to tying it up, it's rolling it. So therefore, we roll it on the bimmer and then we sit down. So the hagba and the girl are the same person, and that's a god of Then the kid can do the rest. In the meeting of Ashkenaz, where the, the one person picks it up, he sits down in the chair, another person comes along and does the total glula. So the guy who gets hagba doesn't do any glula at all, whatsoever. If anything, he unfurls the thing, not he rolls it, he unfurls it before he picks it up. So then we have to wonder, halacha, what changed? How is it that, so today, in, in winning Ashkenaz, the goyle is not the one who gets hagba because he doesn't do any glula. It's the one who, who does the glula. So how did it change? And it became that a cotton, even though the Mishra writes clearly that, you know, today the meaning became, but doesn't explain how, why. In fact, if you changed everything and the goyle today is, is, is one, there's only one goyle today, what happened? How can we give it to a cotton? When the Gemara says, Davka, the godl Shabham should get it. Then there's a discussion if, if the person who hands, in fact, it says in Shulara that they, 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 um, 
The one that gets hagbe pays the most money for that particular privilege. And then there's a discussion, what about the person who hands the gartel to the person who's doing the glula, which might be the person who hagbe or somebody else. Is that considered also part of the mitzvah and so on? And the Gemara concludes, the one who rolls it gets a schar for everybody. Says the Gemara, I wonder what that means. The one who does gilulah gets a schar for everybody. He takes away the schar from everybody else. What for? Why? His schar is equal to all the leahs in aggregate. Makes him compounds the question what happened today? How is it that we can give gilulah to a couple? Okay, nothing more further. Um, mentioning different things of Shvatim said of Yechelon. So another thing that he mentioned was that he said was, "Menayin, how do you know shemishdamshim bebaska? How do you know that we could use and and work on the baska and we don't say that you're being menachish that you're doing some kind of, you know, witchcraft or something like that that you love a baska is a, like a, an echo, a voice. Um, it's lower than ruchah kaidish and um, Will happen tasted a few places, and uh, what do you call it? And um, the question is, if it gives instructions, how do you know that you can follow it? Shemad <clears throat> says in the pasuk, "We hear something behind you." Lay with the following: the pasuk, "This is the way that you should follow. You should follow it and and don't deviate." Bahani mili. When is that said? In the city, you heard a voice of, of, of a male, but the call it's a bit If you're out in the wilderness, the only time in the wilderness that we can listen to Baskal is if it's a voice that's not common to hear there. You usually don't hear a woman solo in the wilderness. A woman would not travel on her own in the wilderness. A man would. So in the wilderness, you have to hear the voice of, of a woman. Then we say, oh, this is not, it's not a, a, a human voice. Then maybe then it's a Baskal. But in, in the town, Man or woman would make a difference, so therefore we say there it's a male voice that the basket comes across. There's no point in being different than a female voice because there's males and females strolling in the city. But the expression has to be the way the sound has to be with the person where the voice repeats itself. Either says hin hin yes yes, uh, no no. So um, if it only says it once, it's not a basket because it has to be like imperative. Giving you, um, uh, you know, a, a, a ruling or giving you instruction, so it has to be said like an instruction, a repetition of either yes or no. Nothing more further. Anybody who reads below anybody reads without the correct, uh, as we say, cantillations trap. And remember, trap comes from Sinai. The um, now, so here the Gemara is going to disparage somebody um, who does not know how to read truck. And that is why you go sometimes to Shul's and the Balkhader reads and everybody attacks him if you, if you forget about it, if he miss, makes a mistake in, in the verbalization of a word, but, uh, um, but the enunciation of a word, but if he says the wrong truck, he gets attacked. But the Allah is not like that. Then it says, if somebody learns without a sing-song fashion, even the Lord Himself said, you know, it's like a song, you attack for it. But um, and Taisa explains very interesting. That everything was learned in those days, Taita Shabbat Peh. Right? Everything was Taita Shabbat Peh. You couldn't write it down, you had to learn a Taita Shabbat Peh. And I already told you what Daran said a few days, uh, a few weeks ago, beautiful Pshat. Why oral Taita had to remain 
Baalpeh, the Ran said, because the oral Torah had to be explained. And if it's Baalpeh, then you definitely need a teacher. And therefore, they're going to explain to you the meaning behind it. And that's why Torah has to be Dafka Baalpeh. And written Torah has to be Dafka Baalpeh, because you have to see how it's spelled out. Every letter is important. So Torah says, because they learned it by heart, how did they memorize all this? So he says they did it in a sing-song fashion. If they learned it in the song, if they learned it in a song, that's how they remembered it much longer. And Tejas says, if you learn things in the method of a song, and they do that actually, a lot of time we teach things uh, to young kids to memorize the they really do it in a song fashion. But I was in Yeshiva, a little kid learning Tanakh and Mutzay uh, Nevim, the way our Rebbe used to teach the Nevim, especially one particular Rebbe, he sang the whole thing. It was, as a, it was a, more like a nusr than a song, but it was, a, it, was, it was amazing. And that's how we remembered. You remember the words, you remember everything, because it's a song. So Teisa says, that's why they used to learn with a song. So Yomari says, if you learn without singing, you're not going to remember. He's all of us regarding these people who are learning, and they're, but they're not doing it the right way, or they're reading the Teisa, and not reading correctly. The Pesach says, I gave them laws, but like David, they're not too good. Too good. And, and then the Mishpatim won't remain with them, because they're not singing or everything else where you're supposed to. Because they don't know how to sing properly, that's it, the laws don't count at all. Doesn't it's not fair. Abai says, I believe that this possibly is not referring to somebody who doesn't sing when he learns, or somebody who doesn't do the trap properly when he uh, or trap at all when he reads the Rather, it's referring to if you have two two living in the same neighborhood. Living in the same neighborhood, and they're not, you know, good to each other in halacha, and they don't discuss halacha. Regarding them, the pasuk refers and says, I gave the laws which are no good, and the mishpati will not live by them. That's what you're referring to. Obviously, you should do the trap everything else, but it's not that. But if you didn't. Doesn't mean that the mishpatim layichu behem. Says him further. Amar Raparnich, Raparnich said, Amar Rabbi Yechonon, kala oiches sefer Torah adam. Anybody who holds on a sefer Torah with his hands, not with a cloth or something, we had to remember Shabbos. They all the laws of the Yud Chesdavar from Beishamai. If you hold on to Torah with your hands, adam, naked means bare hands. Nikver Adam. If let's say a safer trader, let's say you, you know you're you're rolling it and it's a bit misplaced, you take your talus and you pull the parchment down. You're not supposed to use your hands. The only time you allow you in hands if it's necessary for the trader itself. Let's say you're sewing together a piece of parchment or something like that, or you're writing it or editing it, is um nikver autumn. You'll be buried naked. Because you held on a safer trader with your bare hands, you'll be buried without tachrichim. All your mitzvahs are all taken away from you. Because he held on and saved a tater with your bare hand. You lose all your mitzvahs. You're missing out that mitzvah. Which is that mitzvah? Rashi doesn't explain. So it means, let's say, the, the, the mitzvah of, um, of the Kree just did. The Rebbe in the scene on Masechet Megillah in Parshas I think I think Chelik Chavav in Sichus tries to explain what the Gemara is thinking over here. What are the three half minutes? First, we thought he gets buried naked. Why would you think that? Then we say he loses all of his mitzvahs, and then we say he loses that particular mitzvah he was doing right now. 
Taisa says it's losing other mitzvahs is doing at the same time. But what exactly is, is the discussion there? So, so the Rebbe explains why is it so important to hold on the Sefer Torah with a tatlus, let's say, not with your hands directly. What is it all about? And there's different ways of understanding. One is like it's it's, disres- it's disrespectful to the to the to the trader, obviously if you're touching it with your bare hands so is it like there's the trader and then there's another thing called respect and because and what is it this is this is not the trader itself this is like something external to the trader part of the trader itself the words of the content and so on and so forth there's also the way you deal with the trader you treat the trader so it's like a lavush a garment something external to the trader and therefore the punishment has to be accordingly and uh, and accordingly is that's something that's not your body, something external to your body, your clothes. When a person passes away, he'll be buried without clothes. That's what the Gemara thought in the beginning. The Gemara says, no, this is much more than just something external to the Torah. You're talking about the covet of the Torah itself. So therefore, we're talking about the covet of the Torah itself. Just like the relationship between mitzvahs and Torah. You learn Torah in order to do mitzvahs. So mitzvahs is not something that's totally independent of Torah. It's actually an outgrowth of Torah. And because it's an outgrowth of Torah, same thing here, covered at Torah is like an outgrowth of Torah, that is the Torah, and there's the covered, which is part of the Torah, it's an outgrowth of it. So therefore, if you don't have covered for the Torah, you have no covered for the outgrowth of Torah, therefore the outgrowth of Torah, which is mitzvahs, you lose, all your mitzvahs you lose. And the Gemara says it's even deeper than that. It's not the outgrowth of Torah. This is part and parcel of Torah, that um, the covet of Torah is an integral part of the Torah itself. So therefore, the mitzvah that you were doing at the time of the Torah, you lose, because the, the holding on the Torah without the due respect is not sort of an outgrowth of the Torah. This is what you're doing. This is the Torah itself. The reading of the Torah, and part of it is to do it with covet. You didn't do it with covet, then you didn't read the Torah. So therefore, below that's a discussion thinking about how far do we take the idea of covet at Torah? Is it something you know external to the Torah? Is it something like an outgrowth of the Torah itself? Or is it that is what the Torah is all about? Torah is part of the Torah is to have covet for the Torah and therefore below Oysa Mitzvah. beautifully there. Thinking about it further. Rabbi said, um, Rabbi Anna said, <clears throat> um, by the way, Tasis says a very nice thing. Tasis concludes, but if he did it right, Algamar doesn't talk about the flip side if he did it right. Um, um, but if you held the Tater, let's say, with a guard to, to touch the Tater, or you held it with some kind of, you know, with a talent, say, then the brach will be that that you will have, you'll have longevity. And on your left side, you will have plenty of wealth. Interesting, the son of Rabbi Anai Sava, the name of Rabbi Anai So this is a, 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 a place, everybody called Rabbi Anai. So you have like this Spanish world, you have Rabbi Anai Senior, Rabbi Anai Junior, and you have that here, and the name of Rabbi Anai Rabba. Whether Rabbi Anai Rabba's relative of his or not, it's not clear. He says, You should wrap the thing around the tater, not wrap the tater around the guard. Don't take the tater and, and, and furl it into the into its, whatever it is. You should take the, whatever you're going to wrap around the tater and take it around the tater and wrap it around the tater. Again, it's not covered for the tater. Uh, this thing is lying there, and then you take the tater and you roll it in to fit into this particular thing, the other way around. That um, the tater is there, and you take the, whatever else you're using, and that is secondary to the tater, and you use that to wrap around the tater. Then the Gemara concludes. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke the entire of Hashem to the Eden. You should read the tater 
every single um, every single yomtiv in his day. So turn up the Brisa, and we already had this as well. Moshe Tikin lehemli Yisrael Moshe Rabbeinu Institute. We're going to finish another Masechta. She is shoylin v'doshin b'inyonish shel yoyim hilchas pesach b'pesach hilchas atzeres b'atzeres and hilchas chag b'chag. He made a special takana that shoylin v'doshin. The laws of Pesach on Pesach, the laws of Shavuos on Shavuos, the laws of Sukkot on Sukkot. Now, how is this compatible with what we learned just a few days ago? Rabbi Shimon Gavula says two weeks before Pesach, you ask, and, and, and the Chama say four weeks, and the, and we had a whole discussion about you know Pasha Shkolim, why we do then, how it fits Rabbi Shimon Gavula. And here, Moshe Rabbeinu said, you do it on the day. So Tosef of Dalit said that, you're right, both are correct. You start three days before, but you repeat it again on the day. But um, others say, here he says, There, according to many, the Gersi is just Shailin. In other words, if somebody asks you a question in the middle of the year about Sukkot, you say, look, sorry, my head is not into right now. I don't have, I'm not compelled to answer you if I'm not in, in, in that subject. But if somebody comes to you 30 days before and asks you a question about the particular Yomtev, then Shailin, so it's an appropriate question, and you need to answer. If you're a Rover, a Shiba, you need to answer. So Shailin. What Moshe Bainer came along and said, not just Shailin, but Dosh. You have to now be proactive. And you have to give everybody a set of rules that is on the days itself proper. By 30 days before, there's a big machlekes in the Achreinim, in Shulchan Aruch, in whether it also applies to Shavuos. Pesach, we know there's a, there's a, a swamp of the Nyon. You swamp with all the different halachas, it's a whole Shulchan Aruch on it. Even Sukkot, there's plenty of rules on Sukkot. But Shavuos, what rules are there on Shavuos? So when it comes to 30 days before, there are many hold that it doesn't apply to Shavuos. Questionable whether it applies to Sukkot, because it always talks about Pesach. Here, when it comes to um, in Yonah Shalyayim, he adds, Hilchas Atzeres Batzeres. So maybe that's really Moshe Rabbeinu's Chiddush more than the other ones. Not so much um, the, um, the, uh, Pesach, I'd say, it's mainly Shavuos, because you haven't talked 30 days before, and especially according to those Sukkot, also you don't have to do 30 days before, it's only Pesach, then that's his Chiddush, that you have to do it on the day of Sukkot as well. So have nalach b'neir slikum is at the Megillah. You're all making a seam, so so you should say the had nalach at the end of the sechta. Okay. Anyway, if you can't finish Megillah, we have now two more mesechtas. It'll take us two a month to finish each one, approximately. And we finished the last one about a week before Pesach, which is perfect for all those abchayim. You'll have a, a, a Masechta for uh, Tainus Bechayr to say. Okay, tomorrow we begin Mayukat, which is a whole new subject. And um, yeah, we're still doing Mayud. <laughs>